The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. You can't go backwards, you can't go back to that place because you don't want to live in that way anymore. You want to live in a soul-led way. Motherhood. But inevitably, your child is going to experience things that they need to heal from. And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent. And I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices, and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. People think, you know, oh, I'm doing this again. And they end up in that punishment cycle of, why can't I sort this out? Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, this is episode four and I'm really excited to share with you today's guest. Her name is Dr Rathika Marsh but you may or may not know her as the spiritual psychologist and that's what she is under um, on Instagram and Dr Rathika and I were on a coaching mastermind together and I really kind of felt a connection with her because she is a psychologist, she's a clinical psychologist but she also is a spiritual coach so she's combining the science that she's been learning for many many years and she's brought the science of of the psychology together with her spiritual values and her spiritual teachings and is helping people heal The word sort of heal doesn't necessarily come with psychology, but it is a huge part of it. We delve into this in this podcast all about shadow work. And this is something I've been really interested in for a long time and really understanding the meaning of of shadow work. And that is delving into the darker sides of our um, life, our subconscious, our personality, and kind of going to those gritty places and recognising where we need to heal. We talk about inner child work. We talk about the conditioning that we've experienced growing up and not feeling guilty about wanting to expand from what we know, what we've kind of been conditioned to believe and opening our wings and flying forwards to to something that we're passionate about. So Rathika and I really sort of delve into lots of exciting bits that I have always been intrigued about and I definitely feel that shadow work is something that everyone should be privy to because we are holding a lot of stuff repressing things within our subconscious that's stuff that's happened throughout our lives and if we don't heal and release as we get older and older these things do come back to haunt us they'll come back when we least expect it and sometimes if we've repressed it for too long it feels harder and more difficult and messier to to unpick and heal from so I really hope this episode helps you and helps you understand perhaps what needs to be healed moving forward how you can do that so here is the episode and I hope you enjoy it So today I'm really excited about my guest. Her name is Dr. Rathika Marsh and you might know her on Instagram as the spiritual psychologist and I love that name and it kind of says what it does on the tin but what she does is she combines her science background with spirituality to create deep healing for her clients and I can't wait to delve deeper into this. So Dr. Rathika, welcome. I'm so happy to have you and I feel like we're going to have so much to talk 
talk about. Yes, we will. Thank you so much for having me. So the word spiritual psychologist is fascinating and I love how it just like pops out on social media as well. It really kind of grabs your attention. And the fact that you have, you know, taken this from your website, that you combine the science, obviously you've got like a very scientific background and lots of learning. And then clearly the spiritual side of you is what's sort of deep and what your your passion is and where you are probably leaning towards in your career. Can you tell us a little bit about how it, you've come to this avenue and where did you start from? Yes, it's definitely been a journey. I have mainly worked in schools. So that's my background. I was a teacher. Um, I did a psychology degree and then I did a educational psychology doctorate. So I have been and continue to work in schools around Manchester. It's supporting the adults around the children. So what, what we see is a lot of trauma, autism, lots of different things going on for children and young people and working up to like 25. And I felt like as much as it was valuable work, there was something that was significantly missing. And I felt bored, in all honesty, just feeling like, okay, where am I going with this? playing around with different areas of speciality and then trying to go for management roles, but it just not sitting right and just feeling like, not even realizing actually being unconscious that there was more, that my purpose was so much more. And so then it only came about when I started really going into my own healing journey and really kind of exploring myself, exploring my wounds and uh, understanding what was going on with me, going back to kind of taking that brave step in looking at childhood stuff, because I've spent a long time just thinking, oh yeah, I've dealt with that. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It was from that and I think like quite a significant transformation in my life that I then started thinking okay is this what I want to be doing and I then started playing around with the idea of life coaching and working with adults so what I've done really is brought in a lot of my psychology trauma-informed background and seeing how it impacts on children and the adults supporting the children as well right so it's not just the child. Often often it was the adults around the child who had their own experiences which impacted on how they perceived the world. And that would then in turn impact on how they related with me, how engaged they were with the child and all of those things. So I kind of took all of that and applied it to the work that I was doing with adults and making that shift and also kind of connecting the dots. So I talk a lot about things like the inner child. So connecting with that part of you that, that is actually still a child. And often we respond from those places of actually something triggers us and 
it's something that is related to a childhood experience or an earlier experience. And so what I started realizing is that all these children that were like hiding under tables in schools, running away or getting into fights, self-harming, all of those things, it's a replica of what adults do in a less socialized way. Yeah. And But the pattern is actually the same. So the way that we can respond as adults is often very similar to how the children that I was seeing respond. It's just that it's more contained. But the feeling that those adults get is still coming from a child place. Wow. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I think that you've just touched on quite a few different topics, but just the word trauma, and and I'm really not belittling that word, but it just feels like it's almost come into its own recently. Like there's been so much interest in like trauma work and learning about trauma with a capital T, with a a lowercase T. I've been reading a lot about Dr. Gabor Mate and the work that he does around trauma. And it's kind of so obvious, isn't it? Like if you think about it from a common sense perspective is that, and I work a lot with this with my EFT, with my tapping, is that if we suppress things and we keep suppressing things, eventually it's going to catch up with us. And we see historically, you know, through generations, certain traumas that will have happened and how that has impacted the next generation of that family. And I'm sure every single person listening right now can probably think of someone in their family that's gone through a trauma and probably hasn't healed from it. Why now? Why is there such a, maybe more of an awareness, maybe just this sort of consciousness opening up that we have to heal to be able to be the parent that we want to be, be the partner, be the child, whoever that is. Why all of a sudden is this now the forefront? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think like at a spiritual level, I think that we're going through a mass awakening, a spiritual awakening or waking up, especially with the COVID, with the pandemic. It's like the been the perfect opportunity for people to have to face their stuff. It's not coincidental. I think there's a deeper um, happening that is going on. And so there's more more and more people that have been on their own journeys of healing and they realize the power of it. And it then becomes, you know, you get to that place then where it's like, this is so important. This is so important, not just for yourself, but as a collective, that when you work to heal your own stuff, that it has a significant impact on everybody around you then. So I wouldn't be running my business, the spiritual psychologist, if it wasn't for my own healing journey. Or I certainly wouldn't be as good at what I do if I hadn't looked at my own stuff. And there's the very traditional kind of view of trauma, which is physical, sexual, emotional, abuse and neglect. So those are the four main categories. When you, um, you know, as a psychologist, I was taught about those traumas. But what was missing for me was that understanding of the impact of more subtle experiences. So things like not feeling that you can be fully yourself, feeling that you have to suppress parts of yourself, feeling that you 
can't be fully seen for who you are or that you should keep quiet about who you are. Things like conditional love. So that message from parents, and it's often unintentional around you have to do these things and show up in the world in this way in order to receive love. Yeah. So you have to get these grades or you have to look this certain way or you have to do this kind of a job or you have to get married or you have to have this many children, whatever it is. And we get those messages very, very early on. Yeah. So there's kind of those, you know, there are traumas that are really significant, but all trauma is significant. And I I guess like the message that I always give is that whatever anyone's experience has been, if they are living from a place of feeling crap, (laughs) then, then that is valid. So there can be like with the clients that I work with as well, this feeling of, okay, well, I don't deserve to feel this way. I've had everything go so well for me. And actually when we unpick it, there are traumas there. It's just that it's not maybe socially acknowledged. Yeah, I think that's really important to talk about because I think there are a lot of people who aren't feeling right and they feel like they've got more to give or they want more out of life or just, like you said, they're just feeling crap. And then, you know, on the outside, everything, you know, they tick all the boxes, they've got everything they yes. should should be happy with and you use that with inverted commas. But you're right, you know, that little things can compound through the years and you will constantly have, um, and, and I think this societal weight that we carry from our communities and our families and expectations, and especially because there's such a, a shift now that it just feels like there has been a rapid shift on what was okay maybe in our generation growing up and what's okay in our children's generation. and what you don't know, you don't know. And people are doing the best with the resources they've got at the time, whether they've not been parented the way they should have been parented, all these different things. There's lots of factors, but it doesn't take away the fact that whatever that person's feeling is not valid. And I see clients as well, the same as you, who just think, oh, I should be happy with my career and and I should be happy doing this. But there's something that's still not right in my life. And I guess I'm, I want to speak about that because going on to what I wanted to talk to you about is the shadow work. And if you read magazines and you listen to podcasts, you might be hearing this terminology. Why is it so important for us, maybe as women, maybe as mothers, to really focus on that inner healing where we don't feel we're being self-indulgent or self-obsessed? Like, why is it important that we go within and not just keep give, give, giving and being that person that doesn't have any boundaries, that we have an opportunity to go inwards and see what needs healing so we can maybe move forwards with more integrity and authenticity? Mm. I mean, it's for your own sense of peace, isn't it? (laughs) So you can ignore it. You can ignore the things that make you unhappy in life for as long as you want, but they will continue being there. And that's what I've learned, that you can just pretend that it that certain things aren't happen, happening, that your unhappiness about your job or your unhappiness about your marriage or whatever it is, or your unhappiness in yourself, 
that that's just going to disappear. And the reality is you can distract yourself. You can focus on work. You can, I don't know, do a house project or whatever it is. And none of it is going to take away from the fact that you still feel like shit. (laughs) And like, that's the reality of it that like I spent years ignoring my patterns thinking, oh, it will just magically like change and going inwards and really exploring what is going on for you is it's the most sacred profound experience because when you go through that process and it's not easy but you come out the other end the sense of lightness and empowerment that you feel makes you untouchable it's almost like you can't go you can't go backwards you can't go back to that place because you don't want to live in that way anymore. You want to live in a soul-led way. And it was interesting what you said before about clients coming to you and saying, technically, I've got all these things on paper where I should be happy. And that's where the essential problem is. It's the should, isn't it? That I should live my life this way. I should do this job. I should stay in this job because it makes this amount of money. I should be happy but I'm not. And, Mm. you know, there's something there around a society being driven by not knowing how to follow your intuition and your soul. Yeah, it's almost like relearning, isn't it? Relearning what probably, you know, Mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of years ago, women just intuitively, that was what they went for is like, does it feel right? And is this the right thing? And I guess it was because they were constantly in like real fight or flight so they really had to kind of like hone in on their on their gut and their intuition and now we've got so many distractions and I'm wondering if with COVID in the past year we've been stripped away of the ability to go out for dinner and shop and Mm. use materialistic stuff to hide what is going on and we've really unfortunately had to go inwards literally in our houses with potentially partners that we're not happy with careers and and I do believe there'll be a lot of people coming out of this year who aren't going to be the same people as they were you know beforehand if we've been given the opportunity to do some healing that we've needed to do because we've been so used to distracting ourselves with shopping and drinking Mm -hmm. and all these different things and socializing you know feeling like we've got to be here, there and everywhere and being busy. I mean, I know I have, I have absolutely loved the element of not being as busy and not yes, feel, feeling like I'm like a, not a social outcast because I haven't got plans on a Saturday night. Like now I'm like, if I have one plan a month, I'll be, that's perfect <laughs> for me. You know, I used to be like, oh, we've got, we haven't got plans on Saturday night. You know, maybe we should make some plans. And now it's just like, oh, that this this freedom, this freedom just to be and be the people that you want to be. And I hope people maybe take this opportunity to to allow themselves to be the person they want to be and not the person they feel they have to be or should be with regards to friends or being out and about. I don't know, however that looks to you. So it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because going back to what you said before, that from a spiritual perspective, I 100% believe that this pandemic has been here for a reason for humanity. Can we touch a little bit on why you've moved from 
and I'm not saying you're shunning all your backgrounds in science and what you've learned, yeah. but how are you merging the two? How's it blending in for you and your clients now? Yes. I mean, it's a bit of an ongoing process of like playing around with that actually, but the combination is with concepts that I hold in my head or my beliefs, which are that there's something beyond us. There's universal energy, source, power, God, whatever it is that you want to call it, that is within us, around us, and that we function from a place of energy. So instantly bringing that in completely changes the conversation. And because I think of things along those lines, there's so much about connecting with yourself. So through thinking about what it is that you're wanting, what it is that's causing you pain, but also learning and teaching my clients to connect with themselves at a level with their body. So things like breath work, meditation, journaling, all those tools that allow you to connect within. And that's what it's about and about raising consciousness so that they're aware of their patterns. They, they're they aware of why they might respond in a certain way because often people think they're going mad or people think, you know, oh, I'm doing this again. And they end up in that punishment cycle of, why can't I sort this out? Like, why am I doing that again? I know that it doesn't feel good, but I'm doing it anyway. The spirituality bit is about making things conscious and the idea of going within, of going within, but also trusting. That's a big part of it that, you know, you are safe to explore this. This stuff keeps coming up for you because all these triggers keep appearing in your life for a reason. They're not just showing up for no reason. They're showing up to teach you something about yourself so that you can work to heal that. That was a massive shift for me understanding that having that awareness because I never had that awareness before and mm-hmm. I would it was it was very much for me like a cycle and funny if my husband yeah. who's like the most master of fat person ever and he has no you know he doesn't listen to any of the podcasts it's like he was like spiritually enlightened without having to do anything <laughs> yeah. and I'm like kind of like constantly like trying to learn and he'll just say something it's so like profound and he you know runs a manufacturing business like it's just, <laughs> but I just always, annoying <laughs> yeah it's annoying he's just highly highly in tune with I don't know his intuition, but he tells me like, why are you focusing again on that? Like, why would you keep doing that? And I couldn't see that there was a cycle. And then when I had the awareness that, like you said, you know, things are coming up because you need to heal. Once I recognized that I couldn't push it down anymore, I couldn't suppress things anymore. And I had to kind of really lean into them in a very uncomfortable way. Then it was like, oh, okay just lightness kept just feeling like lighter and lighter and now the things that would definitely would have triggered me before five years ago it's just like oh okay 
Or if something comes up, I'm like, okay, what's that trying to teach me? What's Where's the mirror? What can I learn from this? And then actually it almost becomes a little bit fun because yeah, you kind exactly. of, <laughs> you see it as like a little bit of a game that you're like, okay, this is like next level. What's, what's happening here? And what am I trying to heal from? And I don't know if you ever get to the point where you don't have anything to heal. I think throughout life, things will pop up. Yeah, I think that this is another misconception with healing. It's this idea that like you're never going to be affected and you're not going to ever feel sad. And it you know, that's such a it's such a misconception of what healing is about. Healing is an ongoing journey, but I do believe that you can get to a point of really understanding yourself pretty well. And getting to that place as well where you feel deeply connected with yourself and you trust the universe to support you. So when things do come in, that you are better able to deal with them. The word trust is so important, isn't it? Because the minute you have that belief or faith, trust, whatever you want to call it, and, you know, whether you want to call it God, the universe, something higher, you know, however that feels comfortable to you I mean I know some people especially English people British people it's all a bit kind of LA woo-woo when we're talking about universe but I think that just to have a knowledge that there is something greater than us definitely takes that pressure off a little bit we we don't have control over everything and that we can surrender and step back and Mm -hmm. maybe just allow things to be and And I'm just wondering if it's better to be in a place of kind of being neutral, neutrality, just to, instead of having so much attachment to so many different things and outcomes, is part of the healing process being able to recognise that if we don't have so much attachment to so many different things, then we are, I guess, more comfortable with perhaps new opportunities or different outcomes that we hadn't expected Mm -hmm. like if you take away the idea of universal law or you know the woohoo stuff if if people don't get that and don't believe in it then if you come back to the basics of you're not very happy you're not feeling happy and you need to do something to shift that because you're stuck in it then yeah, you've got to look at you got you've got to look at your internal stuff, haven't you? And it's not just that, it's also you can do the mindset work, but your nervous system can be responding and firing off constantly in a place of fight flight unless you're aware of it, that will just keep happening. Yeah. Can you explain to someone who doesn't understand how that might look in a practical situation of your nervous system Mm. firing up and Mm -hmm. you know is that like blowing up at your kids yeah shouting at your partner Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example from my my experience my husband he's like he really likes things to be clean and tidy and everything in its place and when he gets annoyed about it it's like my body responds before my mind does. So my body will communicate panic before I'm even aware of it mentally. My my mind will go into defensiveness. 
but my body will be panicking in some way thinking okay I need to fix something or and that goes down that goes back to childhood experiences so your body is going to learn how to respond so when you get triggered by something somebody says or rejection or a friend says something or something at work whatever it is it's like the bodily responses that you have can be quicker than the mind responses oh my god completely like when you said that it's very much like so i've had clients that come to me that are afraid to say speak up in in um like a work situation mm. and their the heart goes and they feel sick and they've got like a tight throat and when I work with them, I said, well, when was the first time you ever felt like that? Like when you first remembered these feelings, you go, oh, you know, I was in school and my, my teacher ridiculed me for speaking up in yeah. class. And it's like, bingo. Okay. So this seven-year-old self, yes, you get, you know, even though you're 40 now, you're going back to that seven-year-old self that felt embarrassed and ridiculed and stupid, all those things. And until we clear that seven-year-old memory or even reduce the intensity so it doesn't have so much impact it's going to keep showing up isn't it when we're 40 50 60 and if you go back to your example with your husband and I'm guessing here that perhaps maybe it was like a parent or a family member or something that might have made you feel like that when you were growing up and straight away you feel it in your body and like you said you feel it in your body first so that would be like however palpitations and then it's like straight away defense And we have to break that cycle, don't we? Yes. You've got to acknowledge how your body responds, because this is often the thing that coaches miss, that you can do the mindset stuff and then you think, yeah, yeah, okay, I've got that. And then you get thrown in a situation and your body is literally having that response. There's part of it which is about creating a baseline to heal your nervous system. So this is why... Things like breath work, meditation, yoga, cold water therapy, going out in nature, connecting socially, you know, those things are important because what you're doing is you're relearning something. You're teaching your, A, you're teaching yourself that you can sit with yourself and that's safe. And B, you're teaching your body to heal. You're teaching your body to tune into a calmer frequency on a daily basis so then when you do get something come in you can function from a better place with it rather than being in a constant state of fight or flight where your body is kind of high stress high anxiety and you're just functioning from that place all of the time so then when something really difficult when something comes in that is perceived by your body to be challenging, it's going to freak out even more. And so then you're going to get start getting, you know, you're going to start experiencing things like panic attacks, or it shows itself in your body. So it shows itself with ulcers, your skin breaks out, like, you know, whatever it is, your body is going to manifest your emotional pain. Yeah. I've seen with a friend of mine and she gets migraines and she'd be completely floored for like two days 
and we'll go back over the week and she's taken on this and she's looked after other people's kids and said yes to absolutely every single person. And she's an amazing friend and person, but if she doesn't protect her boundaries, then she gets floored by migraines. And I guess that's just another way of it showing up. And until you have that awareness that you are doing that and you know if you get a skin breakout and you just think oh it's my skin maybe I've been using the wrong face wash but until you start recognizing joining the dots a little bit then you don't know do you no and this is the thing as well so what you said there is like indicative for your friend of something deeper going on so like why is it that it's a challenge to set boundaries that's going to go somewhere deeper. That there's a reason why it's difficult to say set boundaries, and why we feel, and this is this is related to a lot of women, that we have to say yes all the time. And this links to <laughs> it's a big topic, but it links to the mother wound. So the mother wound is is something that affects us as women and men. But there's there's significant relationship between in the lineage of mothers because of suppression in the patriarchy. So all of our systems, education still, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's current, isn't it? Education, uh, the government, um, medical systems, all of it, corporate companies. It's still so patriarchal isn't it in the in the structures and set up dominantly and so we've been raised where women have to show up a certain way and they have to li- do certain things they have to live by a set of standards of putting everybody else first before themselves suppressing their voice suppressing you know, living a life that they don't necessarily want to live because they believe that they have to have children and be a homekeeper, you know, and I'm not judging that if you if that's what you want to do. But there's a there's a strong sense of suppression there. So as children, we pick up on that, even if our parents aren't talking about it, we pick pick up on the subtle cues around that. So we will pick up for example, on our mothers judging themselves or our mothers judging other people. And then we do the same thing, you know? So when you look at the kind of things that women say, there's a lot around perfectionism, um, judge, you know, feeling that comparison of other women and how are they doing this and I'm not. How come they're living this life and and I'm not? Why are they on? Look at her body. You know, all of those comparative things come down to the expectations and standards that we have been modelled by a line of women who have been, experienced that suppression. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's it's fascinating and completely like we kind of think we're we're quite awakened now to this and there's equality but there really isn't and and I think I mean I'm not medical in any way but I do know a little bit about how genes are passed down and I wonder if this is actually in our genes as women that has been just passed down like each ancestor has just passed this kind of gene of like having to stay small 
don't use your voice, don't do anything that might ruffle fe- feathers. Mm-hmm. And and I think very much so in, in communities, you know, smaller communities. You know, I'm Jewish. And so in our communities, it is very prevalent to yeah. be homekeepers and be be at home and, and look after children. And again, I personally loved that. I took some time out and did that and I loved it. I didn't feel pressurized to do that, but there's definitely a theme in my community that that is a good thing to do you're a good mother if you stay at home and, and you, you've yes. got food on the table every night yeah but I've got also got three daughters especially with the work that I do now I want to empower them to do and be whoever they want to be and have you know have the education that they, they need to do that or to have the experience or the confidence and all these different things that Maybe I did or didn't have, I don't know. But it's almost like I'm overcompensating it sometimes. Like I'm constantly, even to my six-year-old, I'm now like reinforcing this message. But maybe this is what's needed. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review or a rating to help us reach even more ambitious mums and get the content out there. Thanks so much. If someone's listening right now and they're getting like this awakening of like, oh my God, this is me, I'm stuck and I never knew why. And it can feel a bit overwhelming, you know, especially if you know you've got some stuff to heal and you know that it's been buried there for a long time. And the thought of unpicking it all and unpacking it all is just like, oh, I don't even want to go there. And maybe they can't afford coaching or therapy I mean, one of the big things for me is, is definitely, I mean, I don't do this as nearly as much as I, I should and or should, <laughs> I would like to, but is meditating and journaling. Would you say, what? I mean, what other options are there out there for people who want to start this process? Yeah, I think one of the key questions that you can ask yourself, and even if you just asked yourself this one question on repeat, then you're on a journey with it. So the question, you know, the question is, why am I getting triggered by this? Why is this person or thing triggering me? When you actually ask yourself that question, it goes deeper. You can then look at patterns. So actually, it's not just to do with that one person, most likely, it's to do with that, that person and what they represent, or that there's probably been about five different people that are essentially the same person that has shown up in a certain way and it really grates you and it really upsets you. There's always a link. I just think there's always a link there between that person and what was expected of you in some way as a child, either at school or in your community or in your family. So that's a great place to start just asking yourself that question. I mean, I think with things like journaling, I kind of was journaling for a long time and just writing down a load of thoughts, which was helpful for dumping, you know, for getting it on paper. But the way that I use journaling now is much more powerful. I use it as an exercise to literally like write down okay what is it that I am believing about this situation how is it making me feel and what do I choose to embody now so say let's use for example 
our relationship as women with body and food. So if, for example, you're struggling one day and you just feel like, okay, I'm fat, I'm just never going to get out of this cycle of being unhealthy, I don't feel good about my body, I would write the fears that are coming up for me. So I would write down, what is it that I'm scared of here? What is it that I'm scared of if I put on a few pounds? And again, like that is going to take you back. So it's going to ultimately come. Most things I can tell you now come down to feeling loved, feeling safe and feeling that you belong. It often roots back to that. And it's kind of looking back and thinking, okay, where was I not shown maybe the love that I needed? Where was it that I didn't maybe feel so safe emotionally as a child? One of the things that comes up for my clients is this idea that I feel guilt about looking at the past because my parents are good people. You can separate the two. The reason why you look at these things is so that you can understand yourself better and so that you can grieve any pain that has come up for you and acknowledge the hurt parts of yourself. And you can do those things and still love your parents. Yeah, because it can feel like you're being um, ungrateful or you, you're just being disrespectful. And-, and that's also the mother wound. So the guilt and shame we feel about that is because the expectation is, you know, you don't question how you were parented, that you should be grateful for everything that you received that you were given a good life and therefore you should appreciate it, that there were people that were worse off. You know, so all of those kind of that dialogue is unhelpful because it just invalidates your sense of pain. And what I believe is that everybody experiences trauma, if you want to call it that, just purely from being socialised. So when you're socialized and you're growing up as a child, you have to fit into a certain set of rules within society, in your community, in your family. And so there's quickly parts of you that are shunned away as this is bad. Don't be so loud. You know, don't do this. Don't be like this. So, And we're trying to teach our children, right? We're trying to teach our children so that it's a manageable situation and because we know that they need to be able to function. But in that process, there's parts of you that are then suppressed. And that's where the shadow bit is. It's such a hard one because I'm listening here kind of with two heads. And, and one of the heads is is like, you know, the coach and, the, and understanding everything you're saying. And the other mind is, is like, I'm a mum and I've got four kids and I'm doing like the best I can to make sure that they're all grounded and accepting and feeling like they're not being judged. And but. I do believe it is a little bit inevitable, like you say, because we are being socialized. So no matter, I haven't got control over what a child says to my, one of my kids or how a teacher speaks to one of my children or they get rejected by, you know, a a group of friends. Like I I can't control that. And inevitably everyone does grow up with wounds, don't we? I mean, you can't get through life without feeling rejected or unsafe. But I think the 
the biggest gift that we could probably give to to the next generation is being able to empower them to learn how to heal from them. So it's not like we are. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're not removing all these obstacles that are probably going to get in the way. It's just making them more aware that. Yeah, and this is the thing, isn't it? This is another belief that like, you know, you've got to be a perfect parent and that our children are going to grow up to be perfect without any kind of experiencing pain. And this is the reality of it, that I know that my son is going to grow up and he is going to have to heal his wounds from my parenting. And I am a good parent. You know, it's not about, and this is the other thing, isn't it? It's this idea of like good or bad parent. And you can be a good enough parent. You can be a good enough parent, but inevitably your child is going to experience things that they need to heal from. So it's that idea of everybody is responsible for doing the inner work so that they heal for themselves, but that it impacts on their children as well. So if I carried on the patterns that I experienced as a child, I know from my own experience the harm of that. So I have decided to take that conscious step of looking at that. And I don't always get it right. And that's that's part of healing as well, that it's the non-judgment of it. So not beating yourself up about it. It's like, okay, there's that thing again, like, let's have a look at it, <laughs> you know, and almost kind of playing around with it rather than it being this really serious thing. It's come up for me where I've, where, you know, my healing journey didn't start consciously until way after my son was born. And, you know, I kind of look back sometimes and think, oh, I wish I'd like started this sooner and I would have been a different parent. But he received what he needed at the time from me with the knowledge and experience and where I was at at the time and that's how it is but what I do know now is being in a more conscious place taking responsibility for myself for the impact that my wounds have on him I am so much better able to manage things so taking responsibility when I'm out of line yeah and modeling that back isn't it and modeling that it's okay to not be perfect and it's okay to be learning on the job and showing them that we all are just trying to do the best that we can yes it does remove the pressure because again I'm like thinking how I was maybe like three years ago and what I've gone through over the past three years of a lot of kind of like work I've done and a lot of kind of healing and if I'd known how not hard it's been because it hasn't been hard it's just been insightful it's just been you know it's been ongoing and at times it's been quite heavy and at times it's been like wow and breakthroughs but it's just kind of like just try not to get too caught up in all the how and and where you're going to be at the end and just start somewhere small however that you know that's comfortable for you and especially to mothers to know that it's okay to have not known this a year ago or two years ago yeah exactly this is what I'm saying that it's not about it's not about judging yourself this is what we do as women we are so good at judging ourselves but also judging other people 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like the reason we're judging our other people is because actually that's just mirroring back to us that we're judging ourselves. Let's put it this way. If I spent like 35 years of my life repeating the same trauma patterns <laughs> all that time and I have relearned a new way of being and quite significantly over a short period of time as well, then think of the power of the shifts that you can create as a parent with a seven-year-old. It's so fascinating and it's empowering to know that there are tools at our disposal. Can you tell the listeners how they can contact you, how you work with clients and what you've got coming, you know, in the future? Yeah, I have lots of different things. On this topic of shadow work, I've got a six-week self-paced course which helps you to dive into it so when I did shadow work I did it by myself and it was really hard because I didn't know what I was doing I was digging around with like some heavy stuff and so that's why I created this course because it guides you through and you can you know add a coaching session on if you want to so that I can guide you when you've kind of been through some of it if some things are coming up that you can talk through it. I then work with clients on a one-to-one with different packages, like an eight-week, 12-week package. I run a group space called The Healing Space, and that is a mix between experiential practice, so things like releasing trauma through doing things like breath work together. It's like a guided sort of curriculum over the six weeks so that you're really looking at things that are coming up for you, like being really honest with yourself. And it's a it's a really beautiful space of women where everyone's so supportive that it's a sacred space, you know, that where we don't judge each other, where we where we are finally free to be able to say the things that we don't ever want to tell people. And I also run retreats as well. So I have a retreat that is running in Indonesia next year. Which oh my really god! Wow! Oh, <laughs> sign me up! <laughs> yeah, it's like overlooking the jungle in Ubud. It's a luxury retreat space where you know it's like the perfect balance between restoration. You know, so there's lots of re- relaxation time and yoga in the mornings, and then you have powerful shifting workshops with me. It's like a women's lovely holiday where at the end of it, you feel like you have a better sense of what direction you want to go in and that you feel so much lighter. Wow. That sounds incredible. And let's just hope that we can all travel and be free by then. (laughs) So, and what's the website that everyone can find you on? Thespiritualpsychologist.co.uk. Okay, so all the details are on there, but I'll put it on in the show notes as well. And also you've got a great Instagram account where you do lots of fabulous dancing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Great reels. (laughs) Yeah, no, you've got the reels down. I'm still kind of trying to to work them all out. It just doesn't work with my brain, to be honest. But um, I'm getting there with it. Yeah, I love it because it's fun stuff and you you get the message across. And and again, it just kind of goes back to that. Like it doesn't have to be, I mean, some of it can be quite kind of hard, but it doesn't all have to be hard. So don't get kind of put off. Like go in there with a bit of an open mind and, and know that, 
it can be quite relieving and releasing and you you will feel lighter because of yeah. it so don't feel like you're going to go down a very dark hole of old trauma it's there for a reason to be done so you will feel better at the end yes definitely like sometimes you do go down a bit of a dark hole but I think it's about making sure that you approach it in a pace that you want to you approach it with your readiness to do it that you can take your time with it like there's no rush it's a process of like okay this has come up for me like what's that about and approaching it with curiosity and love for yourself this is one of the biggest things that I've learned that like it's not about approaching it with oh you know I'm going to punish myself through this process it's about thinking okay how do I show myself the greatest love and compassion in on this journey and that it doesn't have to be really hard that it can be you can play around with it it's about curiosity like what is coming up let's have a look at this and um yeah it doesn't have to be like this really heavy horrible thing it depends how deep you want to go as well with that yeah Thank you so much, Rathika. That's been amazing. Um, really, really interesting conversation. And I'm sure um, the the listeners as well will think that. And hopefully we will be able to speak again very soon because I feel like yeah. there's lots of, I wanted there to is. kind of go deeper in a few of the subjects, but hopefully that'll be maybe part two. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So that's this week's episode done. I really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way. I listen to loads of podcasts and have learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also, I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat. And my aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode. Mm-hmm.